Sarashiva Samarambam Shankaracharya Mahyamam Asmaracharya Payantam Vande Guru Paramparam Ishvaro Gurabriti Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyomavadhyapta Dehaya Dakshinamurtaye Namaha Sarva Vedanta Siddhanta Gocharam Tamagocharam Govindam Paramanandam Sadguru Pranatosyam Om Krishna Govinda Narayana So so the best, uh, what does it say here? It says, uh, it says the, the, the primary method, that doesn't mean it's the only method, but the best or the primary method is what? Uh, is, is association with these people who know, who can actually wield the means of knowledge effectively. There's a lot of Vedanta people who are, are learning to teach. And that's good. I, I'm only good because I've been doing it for 50 years. And I wasn't good when I started. I just kept practicing little by little and learned how to teach this methodology. So uh, so if you are interested in sharing, Vedanta is a great language. You know, Once you know who you are, you, you need a way to communicate. And you'd want a, a, a language for communicating that's that's all worked out. It's all refined and purified. There's no reason to use any new words or any new ideas. There's no point. Because every one of these words and ideas is carefully worked out. It's, well, these teachings all prove to work. So, you know, I just memorized them, that's all. <laughs> And uh, I understand them, you know. I, mem I understand them, and then you memorize them. When when you understand something, our memories actually created, and you keep working on it, and you get more and more and more confident in uh, in what you know, and then you can express it. <coughs> and you and if you use the scripture, the scripture provides the logic. You see how these verses are lined up, how how it's set up. He just look at this. He says here. Uh, in 38, he says, he starts out, he, he's telling about the ways in which you can get developed devotion. He said, you can achieve by motion, uh, devotion by hearing and talking about the Supreme Lord's special qualities in every relationship. In other words, satsang with other people who are sincere about uh, the self. And then he says, but the best is to associate with people who know who they are, are established in the self as the self, and who can uh, wield the means of knowledge effectively. And then he says, this is, but this is difficult because it's hard to tell who's a realized soul and who isn't. So rather than running around looking for one, just do your sadhana, work hard, pray, you know, Pray for, uh, pray for understanding and knowledge. And when you're ready, then Ishwar is going to manifest one for you. 
and you can see the logic, he said, uh, and then, then he says, you can get it, but it's only by Ishwara's grace. And Ishwara's grace, we said, is comes because you did the work. And then he says, there, and, and so, so what's the benefit from this? We always tell you the benefit from every teaching. You have to, if you're teaching, you have to tell people the benefit, otherwise they're not going to be interested in the teaching, are they? Because we're, we're interested in, in getting something out of this. What's the benefit? Huh? That, that you're going to get the Lord's grace through the great soul. Why? Because, because the great soul's mind and the Lord's mind are one. So when you're listening to a teacher, uh, the Lord is actually talking to you. It's actually the self talking to you. That's the benefit. You're not getting some guy who had some epiphany who's talking about the epiphany indirectly. Most of these people are good people that teach, but they don't teach because they talk about the self. They say there is a self and you should realize. We call that indirect knowledge. They may claim that they have direct knowledge, which is I am the self. But basically it's based upon an epiphany. In other words, an experience. So the, the means of knowledge doesn't come along with the experience. It didn't with Ramana. Ramana had, you know, Ramana had this experience. And, 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 but Ramana wasn't teaching self-inquiry five minutes after he had that experience, was he? He did his Nididhyasana, then he studied all his stuff, he met these people. If you go to his, his, little, his little house where he lived there on the ashram, and you look at the books on the shelf, they kept everything, all of his things there, like relics. You know, you know what the books are? They said, oh, he, 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 he was intuitive, he didn't need books. He didn't. That's some nonsense. His books were the Yoga Shastras and the Vedanta Shastras. Scriptures, and he then he, he he studied them and so forth and so on, and then he wrote scripture, and then he taught. He didn't say go have an epiphany, huh? He didn't say that. Huh? He said do self inquiry, and then he told what self inquiry was in his books. So these people, they have some epiphany, they talk about it. That's called indirect. Now, Vedanta is a method that you it, that the teacher applies on your mind. They get your attention and they start. And it's a logical method. There are several prakriyas. One is the basic one is the elimination of non-essential variables. And I worked this on you all the last few days. Elimination is called huh? it's called anvaya vyatireka. And it means eliminating what's non-essential. If you eliminate what's non-essential, what's left over is essential, isn't it? <coughs> so if you eliminate the waking dream and deep sleep stage, what do you have? If you're not a waker, if you're not a waking state person, if you're not a dream dreamer, if you're not a dream state entity, or if you're not a deep sleeper, if those are all, all variables, then what are you? The, the knower awareness. Yeah, your awareness. Now, can you eliminate awareness? No. Try to stop being aware. 
Okay? Come on. Say, huh? Try. Come on. Work harder. It's impossible for you to stop being aware, isn't it? Huh? You're always aware. What is in deep sleep? I know I I tap in a you mean you mean you're not there in deep sleep? Not conscious. Well how do you know you had deep you went to deep sleep if you weren't conscious? Because when I go Wake up when you go out then you say you slept. Yeah, that's inference. Okay then let me ask you this. If you're if you're asleep and you're enjoying and it's all peaceful and you feel limitless, huh? And somebody wakes you up, how do you feel? Somebody wakes you up at three in the morning. Your wife has a bad dream and she wakes you up and wants to talk about her dream. <laughs> just just how how do you how do you feel? You feel rot you feel pissed off. You do you're not happy. Why? Because you're taken away from the bliss of yourself. You're there. You're that's why people want to go to sleep. To get rid of the, the world and enjoy the bliss of their natures. You're present. If you weren't present, you wouldn't go there, would you? Because what if you what if you when you went to sleep you got misery? If you went to hell and got tortured. Huh? You don't go to hell and get tortured. You go to heaven and get bliss in deep sleep. And that bliss is the bliss of your own self. It's not coming from someplace else, is it? You're not running off to someplace else when you fall asleep and, and getting bliss. You're right there in your own bed, huh? experiencing bliss and freedom. You're free. You don't, you don't have any thoughts disturbing you or emotions disturbing you or sounds disturbing Nothing. You're just, you're free. Yeah, you're there. You're the self. That's it. So, so, uh, so awareness is present when you're waking. Awareness is present when you're dreaming. Awareness is present when you're sleeping. You can't wake or dream or sleep unless you, your awareness, existence or awareness is present. Okay, look at it from the word existence. Do you stop existing when you go to sleep? No. No. Well, if you don't stop existing, then you're not don't stop aware of being awareness either, do you? Because awareness and existence are the same thing. So this is called the elimination. So so anything that you can get rid of is not real. But something that you can never get rid of, never get dismissed, that's what's real. <coughs> so, so, and, and our, we have, we eliminate the doer, huh? Because the doer is not present all the time, is it? And there's no doer in consciousness. Understand? Now, these people don't, they don't want to eliminate the doer because they never had, their doer was never neutralized. They retain the doer and they say the doer got an experience. And therefore you should seek for the experience because you're a doer and you will get that experience and that experience will make you enlightened. Or, or, huh? Where's the logic? There's only logic if you don't know what the self is. 
and you think there's only a doer and you take some experience you had uh, to be the self. <coughs> but the self can't be objectified. So how could you experience it? How could you have it? an experience of it? <coughs> how could you do that? It, it, it never becomes an object. So, and, and to experience something, you have, the subject has to experience an object, otherwise you don't have experience. Experience is a transaction between the subject and the object. But the self can never become an object, so how could you have an experience of it? <coughs> you can't. It's impossible. So if they're telling you you have to experience the self, or if you hear it be daunting, you think, <coughs> well, that's a great theory, James. But I want to, I've got to go and meditate now to prove that the theory's right. Huh? Is that gonna work? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, you're not gonna meditate to prove the theory's right. What you can do is you can make an inquiry, and if you inquire properly, then you the script then it will be clear that what the scripture says is right, because it will eliminate everything but you. The problem is you just think you're your body or your mind or your intellect. That's all. It's a simple thing. When, when you say the word I, you include the body with it. But the self doesn't have a body. And when you say I, you include your emotions, but the self doesn't have any emotions. And huh? And when you, when you say the word I, you include your thoughts, but the self isn't a thinker. Self doesn't do any thinking. So the, the thought, thinking, and feeling, and acting don't apply to the self, but you think it does. Because you, whenever you say I, you say I think, or I want to act, or I feel, or whatever it is. Isn't it? Because that's the way you act your entire life also. You yeah. have your sense organs, and you contact objects all the time. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not that easy. I mean, it's easy. It's, not, it's easy. not easy. No, no, no. I'm just explaining to you. But you have to, to, to make it easy, you've got to accept this logic. <coughs> no, nobody ever argues with the logic. Huh? If that's wrong, if what I'm saying is wrong, then, then tell me why it's wrong. Tell, tell the scripture why it's wrong. It's not wrong, it's just that I can't accept it. <laughs> That's what we mean by assimilation. Huh? I can't accept it, I, I can't assimilate it. it, it my mind will not huh, allow me to what? To accept the fact that what the scripture says about me is true, that I am love, that I am existence consciousness. That's what the scripture says. I told you the very first day. What's the destination of, of the teaching? Where's the teaching going to take me? It's going to take me to I am Sat Chit Ananda Atman. That's the goal. That's where I'm going. That means you have to be able to say that with full confidence. And, and, and when you say that with full confidence, your seeking's gone. Your problems disappear.
So nobody, you can't argue with the teaching. It, 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 the teacher and the teaching are never wrong. There's always something in my understanding that needs correcting. You know, that's all. So anyway, but so you can see the logic. So he says, so, so because because they, you get a, the association with these people is infallible. In other words, because if you associate with them properly, you're a qualified person you associate with them properly, then what? Huh? Then you're going to get moksha. And so then then he says, therefore. So what conclusion is that? Therefore, huh, only go for God's grace. Because God, God's the one that's going to give you the teaching, and you got to get the teacher and the teaching. You have to do the work. You have to be qualified. You have to get, develop your devotion for God. And that that involves jnana yoga and bhakti yoga and all these other tools of practices. And then and then he said, then we said this where we finished uh, at the last session. By all means, and therefore what? Uh, he's not leaving any. He's not going to leave you any any out cards here, any opportunities uh, to avoid this teaching. Uh, so what does he say? And uh, by all means, in other words, you better do this too. Otherwise, that that will neutralize the effect of this mahatma. Renounce all relationships with ignorant, negative, self-centered, needy people. Oh, no, 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 I, I want to just stay here, keep everything, all these needy people, all these ignorant, you know, egocentric, stupid people. I'm going to keep associating with them. They're God, too, you know. They're God. I feel sorry for them. I want to help them out. <laughs> you watch how, how much help you'll get. They just suck you dry. And, and you'll just start thinking like they, they'll start thinking after a while. And you'll feel sorrowful, sorry for them, and sympathetic, and so forth. And it won't help. They won't, you won't change them, because they're following their nature. You can't lift them out of this shit. They've got to lift themselves out of this shit. Lift themselves up by themselves. You know? So he said, so you know, drop these negative relationships. And then, then you know, yes, they're based on love, but you're loving the wrong thing. <laughs> you ought to be loving the truth. Understand? Not wasting, squandering your energy on, on human beings that it's wasted on. Because they don't do anything with your love. Huh? You meet, you meet a guy in a bar and you have a couple of drinks and you love him. And and and, and you, you, you just, and he loves you and he gives you a big hug and everything like that. You see him the next day on the street, he doesn't even remember the conversation or who you are. Huh? You poured out all that good energy on him, huh? And he was so happy to know you, huh? And the next day, he doesn't even remember who you are. He walks right by you on the street, doesn't even see you because he was too damn drunk. To, he was too obsessed with his own self and his feeling to even remember he had the conversation. You talk to God, about God to somebody who's not interested in God, who's only interested in themselves, a selfish person, are they going to remember the conversation about God? You have to bring it up the next time. 
if they care, they'd bring it up the next time and want to continue the conversation and ask you some intelligent questions and really be sincere about understanding what you knew. But they don't. They just forget it and go on. And when they get needy and lonely, then they grab you and they want to talk about their problems again. What good is that? It's not helping them, it doesn't help you. So that's what he says here. And, and, and he's going to keep on with this. He's not letting up. Okay. He said, why? So then we explain why. He didn't explain why, and here's the why. He says, association with materialist people causes, what does it cause? Anger, confusion, forgetfulness, loss of intelligence, and total spiritual calamity. I, I said that verse two days ago. Kama Krodha Loba Moda Madamasari. It's from the Gita. He's taken directly from the Gita. So if you associate with those people, that's where you go. Most of them are family. And most of them, and most of them are family. And most of them are family. I had great parents. They were really cultivated, decent, friendly, nice people. But when I went to visit them, I had a deadline. They wanted me to stay. They loved me. They wanted me around. They liked my spirit, my energy, and they liked doing stuff with me and stuff like that. But I always had uh, to be someplace else. <laughs> and it was already decided. And, and the last one or two days was always painful. It was deadly boring. But I stuck it out, you know. So, yeah, most of them are family. Sometimes you married one. <laughs> Sometimes you're living with one. Holy moly. <laughs> and, and so then what happens? He said, and then what happens? It gets worse, okay? It gets more miserable as we go. He says, <laughs> rising like waves, waves from association with objects, these bad effects amass into a great ocean of misery. You get a huge samskara. You know, a great ocean of misery. And you just feel terrible. Who cross yeah, uh, does it mean if you're born in a in a family which doesn't fit to then, then you have the whole mess. Yeah, we're all, isn't probably everybody in this room doesn't fit in their family, right? <laughs> huh? That's true. Huh? Isn't that right? We're from outer space. We're from a different planet. Huh? Your mom and pop have no idea what you, who you are. They want you just to be like them. They, they feel kind of sorry they got you because why didn't they, they just keep saying what? My, 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 my mother just said, she started crying. She said, what's wrong with your own religion? What's wrong with your own country? What's wrong with getting a job? My dad, what's wrong with that? My dad wanted me to work at the post office. <laughs> he took me to the World Series, came to visit me, took me to the World Series, and, and toward the end of the, the World Series, he gets me a hot dog and a Coke, and then he puts his arm around me and said, I've been meaning to talk to you, son. You know, like I'm 35 or something, 33. I've been meaning to talk to you. Your, your mother and I 
and then he says, your mother and I, of course, he throws mom into the story. <laughs> you know very well she was behind it, too. Uh -huh. said, says, uh, you know, I said, oh, yeah. I said, Dad, is that, yeah, what, what is it? What, what do you got to say? And, and he said, uh, well, you know, well, we've been thinking about your future. <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, yeah. And what, what were you thinking? Well, you know, Jim. Uh, they got some great jobs at the post office. <laughs> he said, no, he said, well, it's not too much to, you don't make a lot at the beginning. But the benefits are good. Huh? You got security, you got health care, you got a good pension, and you can work your way up. Up to what? And I was a I was a uh, a junk dealer. I I I I said, Well gee, thanks a lot, Dad. I said, I said how much do you make? He says, uh he said, well, you start at $1,500 a month, which in those days was good, good pay. <laughs> yeah, solid pay. For $1,500 a month, you could get a wife and the kids and a mortgage and still live. <laughs> and and, uh, and I, I reached into my pocket and I showed him a huge wad of $100 bills. There must have been three or $4,000 in my pocket. I said, Dad, I just made this in, on two transactions yesterday. I said, you know. So he gave up. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I was free. I could just run around and do what I wanted, work when I wanted to work, not work what I did. I, you know, I could buy and sell, and everything was good. Why would I go and work up for Uncle Sam in the post office? <laughs> Same. Yeah, we don't belong. We don't belong here, but we're born here, and we get, you know, we get stuck in these situations, it's, you know, according to our karma, and and uh, it's it's difficult because they're they're always judging you, they're always saying what's wrong with you? Why don't you want to go to this party? Huh? They got a party, and they say why don't you want to go to a party? What? And stand around with a bunch of drunks, huh? Or smoke a bunch of dope? and get stupid? I want to do that? Oh, it would be really cool. I really have some cool weed there, man. Come on, let's go to the party, you know. You don't want to do that. You're just wasting your time. Life is precious here. Time is short. You know, you don't know. You can die tomorrow. You better get on with it. Right? That's the idea here. So he says, who crosses Maya? Who crosses Maya? He says again. He asks a big question mark. Only the one, and what? And then he tells you again. This is what you got to do. I know you don't want to hear it, but I got to tell you, it's my job. Sorry. <laughs> Only the one who abandons material associations serves the sages huh, and becomes selfless. In other words, does karma yoga. Who goes beyond Maya? The one who avoids society, loves solitude, lets go of the belief that there is security in worldly situations, 
and transcends the gunas. <coughs> hmm? What does that mean, transcends the gunas? Realizes that you're beyond experience. We've, we've been talking about this all along. You're okay with all things. You're, you're okay with what, you, no matter what you, you don't want to change your mind, state of mind. Okay? So when your mind is dull, you're happy with it. When your mind is agitated, you're happy with it. And when your mind is blissful and clear and peaceful, you're happy with it. You, you have what? You have turned, you, that's Ishwar, the gunas are Ishwar. That's another word for Maya or Ishwar. Ishwar is called Trigun Atmika Maya. Time to get it. I wonder if I should get another chart and explain it to you. Hmm? I don't know. I, maybe we can do it without the chart. I'm kind of lazy. Ishwara is called Trigun Atmika Maya. What does that mean? Maya or Ishwara 2. We're Ishwara 2 now, not Ishwara 1. Okay, But Ishwara 2 is Ishwara 1 plus Maya. So we're talking Ishwara 2. The creator. The cre anything that's created, huh? the, 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 anything that comes from the creator, uh, looks like something other than the Creator, but it doesn't have anything in it that isn't in the Creator itself. This is what we were saying earlier. Everything comes out of me. So if it comes out of me, it can't be different from me. It can look like it's different. Like a tree doesn't look like God. And Narayana looks at a person's body and he doesn't see Brahman or God there. It doesn't look like God, but it is God. Because uh, you can't get something that isn't, uh, you can't get something out of nothing, right? That's why why you can't get consciousness out of matter, because it isn't in matter. Matter is in consciousness, but not the other way around. So, Maya is trigun atvika maya. And, and th those three gunas generate the whole... Dharma field. I'll get the chart. Let's get the chart. Okay. It's a cool teaching. You got, we got time. We're, we still got another day, don't we? Oh, yeah, here we go. This one or uh, 
Before there was before there was a world, there was awareness, existence. The world can't come out of non-existence, can it? If something if there's non-existence, how can you get something out of it? That's called chunyata Buddhism, and we totally reject their argument. You can only get something out of something. You can't get something out of nothing. So before the world came, and we know the world appeared. The scientists tell us that. We know very well the world was, there was a time when the world was not here. And we know very well there's a time when the world won't be here. That's just science. Nobody can argue with that. So what did the world come from? It, it came from awareness. Now, don't get too fancy here. Or it appeared in awareness. Yeah, don't worry about the words. Because we're talking about the gunas. All right? So then, at some point, Maya, where's Maya? There's Maya. This is the Maya line. Here, near guna means awareness is, has no gunas here, near guna. So awareness or existence has no gunas. That means it has no qualities. Guna means quality. It's free of qualities. All objects down here, all objects in the world have properties and qualities. They're called gunas. And this causal body is Maya. Maya is what? And this is eternal. Cause the body's eternal, Maya's eternal, and the self's eternal. Okay? Now, this causal body is the cause of everything manifest and unmanifest, things we see and what we don't see. Okay? This is the, that's what we mean by causal. It causes. It causes. So, every, so, and we said that the effect is going to be the cause in a form, in a different form. Now, what is Maya, what is Maya going to create out of? Out of consciousness. As I said earlier today, it's what? It's both the nimittika karnam, it's the intelligence uh, that creates, and it's the substance that creates, because reality is non-dual. You can't produce any, there's nothing other, uh, 
the intelligence comes from the self and the material comes from Maya. <coughs> the material is of two kinds, subtle material and gross material. Gross material is what? The physical body. And subtle material is, is emotions and thoughts. The subtle body. Now, these three gunas have three powers. Each, each one has a power. Those powers are <coughs> a quality, a, a predominant quality, right? And Thomas, what does it do? It hides things. It's a, is that concealing. He misspelled it. I think I wrote this. It should be sealing. C, C, uh, concealing. C-E-A-L. Anyway. Thomas hides things from us. When, when we get to the psychological level, it's called denial. <coughs> Something's there, but you don't see it. You're in denial. Hmm? Understand? So this hides things from it. Now, what does it hide from the jiva? This is the jiva down here. <coughs> this is my char the chart, that big chart I just had that fits in over here because we're talking about the Ishwar, the macrocosmic picture. So we've scrunched that chart down to here to talk about the jiva over here. So what does this Thomas hide from the jiva? No cell. Yeah, the cell. And at the same time, this macrocosmic ignorance, this Thomas, uh, hides it. What does it do? It projects a world. So, so what happens? Thomas hides the self, and then Rogers generates the whole world. <coughs> huh? And then what happens? The jiva appears, and the jiva, the individual, uh, appears, and it doesn't, it thinks that it's incomplete. Right? Why, why does it think it's incomplete? Because it, because it, 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 it its nature has been hidden from it by the Tamaguna, by the Thomas. And it doesn't even know it's ignorant. Huh? It, it thinks it, huh? And, and so it doesn't know it's ignorance because it's been hidden, because it's down here. This is behind it. This is unconscious. It's in the unconscious mind. And so, so the jiva, this body, mind, intellect entity, huh? When it sees the world, uh, it assumes that those objects are there to complete it. According to its karma, and the karma of all beings, and the knowledge to create the world is all hidden in the sattva. The sattva is the, is, uh, is the blueprint for the whole creation. Before, huh? 
before there's an actual creation, uh, before there's any manifest creation, there's an idea in the mind of Ishwara, and that idea is, is contained in the sattva. So the knowledge of all the forces, powers, beings, every every everything that exists as an every object that exists is what is contained in Ishwar's mind. And Ishwar is not making any trouble for anything. This is a pure and perfect, beautifully functioning idea. It's a radiant idea. It's an amazing, beautiful idea. But huh? when Thomas comes, it, clou it clouds the jiva. And what happens then? Rajas projects the world, and then the jiva thinks what? According to its karma, it's attracted to this, or attracted to that, or attracted to any, uh, another object. If your karma is different, you'll be attracted to different objects. Believing what? That the joy, see the joy, the bliss, this is bliss. The bliss that is hidden from it, which it feels the need for. Why does it feel the need for it? Because it's always present. There's always a pressure for, for, for pleasure, for bliss, for happiness. It always wants happiness more and more and more all the time. The, the pleasure that it seeks is hidden from it, and it uh, by the Thomas, and it thinks the pleasure's in the object. And according to their vasanas, an object glows and becomes attractive, becomes exciting and interesting. Their eyes met across the crowded satsang. <laughs> <laughs> She's so beautiful. He's so lovely. He looks spiritual to me. Would he be in the Vedanta satsang if he wasn't a spiritual person and a deeply intelligent person? And etc. They think back and forth like this, huh? and they're all excited. It's amazing how many young the young people that come to Vedanta satsangs they disappear after a while, and it's usually couples. <laughs> and then you realize, oh, I see. They came here. They came here because they wanted to meet a spiritual girl or a spiritual guy. And then once they get them, then they go. But later on, they come back after the kids and the job and all that stuff. <laughs> 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 yeah. You know. So, so, huh? So now, that's the setup. And of course, when you do that, what happens is when you chase an object, you keep, we've explained that. I don't know. We didn't go into it in a lot of detail. In fact, I don't think we did in much detail at all. But when, when you chase an object, you get a tendency to chase the object. That's called a vasana. And that vasana causes you to uh, continue to pursue that object, money, sex, power, you name it, whatever, whatever thing is attractive to you. And pretty soon you get caught in a loop. We call that samsara, a, a cycle of desire and action that you can't break out of. It's called the karma or the samsara chakra or the vasana samsara karma chakra, whatever. 
you get attached to stuff. Why? Because the thing, and you get, not only you get attached, but you get repelled by stuff. The things that you pursue that give you pain, then what do you do? You develop fear about them. You get fear of awesome scars and you try to avoid stuff. So there's two classes of objects, the things that scare you and frighten you and give you pain and the things that attract you huh, and give you pleasure on the other side. So you're always what? You're always avoiding certain things to protect yourself from the suffering and you're always chasing things to grab the pleasure, to, huh? Isn't it? Those those are called your likes and your dislikes. And the more you do that, huh, the deeper you get stuck into what? Into relationships with objects. The more tied up, huh? That's called your karma starts to bind you. Your vasanas become binding. They're not, these are not called qualities anymore down on the jiva level. They're called gunas. Now, gunas doesn't mean qualities as it does for Ishwara. It means ropes or chains. They're chains and they start to bind you down. Sattva binds you with a what? A silver chain, a golden chain. Rajas binds you with a silver chain and what? And Thomas binds you with a great big heavy iron chain. <laughs> but whether it's a, a sattvic desire, a sattvic chain, or a rajasic chain, or a tamasic chain, you're still bound. You're still stuck in the, huh, in the manifest reality, in the world of objects. This is the world of objects. This is unmanifest and this is manifest. You don't see this. This is going on behind the scenes. You're just down here chasing stuff. You're just using your perception organs and your active organs to what? To, to get information and to do actions. You're, it's a stimulus response world. So energy comes in through your senses the, the mind integrates the senses into one experience. It creates a doubt huh? and, and it passes the information that it gets, the thought that comes to it, onto the intellect to resolve the doubt. Why, why do you think that Maya built a, a doubting function into the mind? Why, why do you think that... that, that Ishwara did that, Maya. Because what? You want to find out who you are. No, because, yes, but no, but nothing is the, what it seems no, because nothing is what it seems to be. You're supposed to question everything that happens. You're supposed to doubt. That's a function that's built into you. Everybody has doubts. Don't you? When something happens, immediately a doubt comes. What should I do? And that's the tool for liberation. Huh? That's the tool we have for liberation. That's a tool we have for liberation. But if you suppress your doubts, huh? If you suppress your doubts, then you're in big trouble. 
So to solve the problem, Ishwara says, well, the mind doesn't have the, uh, the, the, the program for resolving the doubts. The mind can just create the doubts, but it doesn't. It wasn't programmed by Ishwara to resolve the doubts. So Ishwara uh, designed another program, and that program is called the intellect. Now the intellect is a program that can discriminate between one thing and another. Huh? It can choose this or it can choose that. That's what we mean by free will. It, obviously, the choice is within Maya, but within Maya, it can choose an apple or an orange. If it wants to eat it, and it's got choices, it can add banana, an apple, an orange. It has choices. Understand? Now, when something happens to you, when something happens to you, how do you respond to it? How do you know what to do? Well, you ask the intellect, please tell me what to do. Please make a decision. That's your executive function. That, huh? <clears throat> That's your will. You, you can decide. You can think and you can make a decision. I'll do this or I'll do that or I won't do this or I won't do that. But where's the intellect going to get the information <laughs> to make that choice? Well, the means of knowledge, depending on which one uses. Some memories, some yeah, 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 memories, vastness. From your conditioning. Yeah. You, you've been in that situation before, either in this lifetime or a previous lifetime, it doesn't matter. You have karma already there. You've been conditioned already. You were conditioned before your body appeared here. It's your conditioning that caused you to differentiate into different people, into, into different talents and abilities. So what does the intellect do? It goes up here to the causal body, where all your past experience is stored in that, huh? and it's, so, it's like a computer, it's like a, a Google search. Goes, you know, instantly you get, and he gets uh, all these results. But it doesn't give you a lot of results. Huh? It just gives you the result that you used before, that worked for you before. Yeah. So if something works for you before, then you tend to do that again. May I ask, is yeah. it like a, a, a Akashic record? Like the Akashic record? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, as I said, well, I don't know if I said it here, that there's this little guy inside you called Chitragupta. He's a scribe, and he's writing every action down. That's called your vasanas. It's just a, it's just a poetic uh, metaphor. So every time you do something, huh, there's this little guy, and he writes down what you did, and he stores it in the Akashic record. This is the Akashic record. It's your, it's the history of your, all your previous actions, your karma. We call it your karma. And there's a storehouse there. It's called, <coughs> that, that's called, the, the, the total amount of that karma is called Sanchita karma. 
And whatever karma comes out, in other words, whatever actions you during that do during that that fructify that cause you to behave during that day, that's called parabdha karma. And whatever actions you do in the present now that will fructify later in the future, that's called agami karma. Okay, so and and the method the there's a lot of information in the Akashic record. Okay. Can I ask something? No. Wait. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Just listen to the whole teaching. Just huh? suppress it. Listen to the whole teaching. Get get the whole idea. Worry about. It. Now you got me irritated. Now I gotta. Oh, you were Huh? Oh yeah, okay. So there's a lot of information there. The Kashik Records is huge. It contains all of the information on the macrocosmic level. Of, of all the karma of all the entities, all the jivas and all the entities in the whole of existence forever. It's all stored there. But there's a little, there's one little file in the Akashic record where your karma is stored. Okay? Where, where your karma is stored. Your past and your present and your future, it's all laid out there. And so your intellect it accesses your own that file, James's karma, and James's karma is pretty big. Most a lot of people have a lot of karma, and so what does it do? It simplifies the information. It's called heuristics. Heuristics is a is a function of the causal body. What is for heuristics? Because there's so much information that me, my intellect wouldn't be able to process all that information, not in thousands of years. I would have to sort through too much and I'd die before I could even begin to assemble all the information and discover what it means for me in this particular situation right here now. So what does Ishwar do? Ishwar is very kind. What does he do? It, it simplifies huh, all that information into one little quick soundbite. Do this, do that. Think this, think that. Say this, say that. It's not. Now, that's helpful, but it's also not helpful. Huh? Because, uh, because it's an approximation of, it's, it's an approximation based upon past evidence but it doesn't necessarily specifically apply to the situation that you're trying to solve right here now. It's sort of, gen this didn't work out this time because this and that, and it didn't work out that time because and that. But the circumstances now are a little different from what they were like a year ago or six months ago or six minutes ago or six lifetimes ago. <coughs> it's not exactly the situation. So applying a sort of generic formula to the problem, it may work, but it may not work too. So there's always a, a problem with this. But let's say that Ishwara gives you the, the idea. 
And then, then what is what gives the intellect the idea? Then what is it? Have you responded to the situation yet? No, you haven't. You've only got information how to deal with it. So what's the next stage in this process? I need the idea that I should do this or I should do that, or I will do this or I will do that. That's called the doer. So the intellect generates a thought. We call it the ego or the doer. The dot, I will do this. I will call her back. You get a phone call. You don't know quite what to do. It was a man or a woman you met at a party. And there was a little maybe something there. And they left their phone number and it's sitting on your desk. And you saw it and then you got to thinking, what should I do? You know, how's this going to work out? You don't know. And then Ishwara, and then you think back and you get all these memories. And you think, I don't know. Maybe I'll just call her back. Or call him back, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen. And in the situation before, it wasn't always the same type of girl or same type of guy. But then again, you know, maybe there were certain qualities that maybe on this year, not sure. So you think, I'll call him back. Now, does that decision to call back, does that make the call? No, the thought I will act generates an emotion. So the energy now has gone what? It's gone from the world to the mind. It's been questioned. It's been said to the intellect. The intellect has a solution. The intellect passes the energy off to the doer. And the doer generates and the mind generates the emotion that's suitable to cause what? To cause the five active organs to respond. It says go for it or not go for it. Run like hell. At the last minute, you remember something about that kind of person. Oh, my God, I remember I had a situation like that kind of that person type of person before. And I don't know if I do. I think that's scary. And you slam down the receiver real quick. Because you get scared or you think, oh, my God, I think this is it. Heavenly bliss awaits. And so like you're all schmoozy and lovey and hi, 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 how you doing? Remember me? And then now all of this, this whole chakra, this whole, I left out the pranas, but never mind. The whole chakra, that whole cycle of energy takes place in a by 50th of a second. It's almost, it's instantaneous, actually. There's a stimulus and a response and a stimulus and response going on all the time. So this wheel of energy is taking place inside of you. And it's causing you to act what? 
on the basis of what you've done before. Your conditioning. Your boston's are your conditioning. So are you actually acti acting in the present if you're doing everything that your conditioning tells you to do? You're not, are you? What about free, free will? Huh? Well, you have you have the opportunity not not to take this is a good question not not to accept the information that Ishwar sends you from the causal body. But the problem is this: the desires that, and fears that you feel. Uh, are like commands. Exactly, that's what I mean. But they're not real. They're huh? They're, they're, how you feel when you when a fear comes, you think that's a command. You think that's the truth. That's the problem. And when a desire comes, you're all excited. You think that's a command. I need to act on that desire. I'm impulsive. These are called impulsive people. Huh? They immediately act on the feeling that they have because it's so, you know, desire is painful and fear is painful. You don't realize that your desires are painful. The reason you're in a hurry, reason you're in a hurry to satisfy your desires is not, huh, is because the desire is painful. And when you satisfy the desire, the desire goes away for a few minutes and you get some relief. And that relief feels like happiness to you. It's not happiness at all. It's just relief from pain. But relief from pain to an ignorant person feels like happiness. You haven't gotten happiness. You just got removed the pain. You haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> you just gotten rid of the same with fear. You get rid of you. You avoid a fear and you feel happy because you got rid of the fear, not because you avoided the object. <laughs> Understand? Then I'm in a treadmill, and you were. Then you're in a treadmill. That's right. You were talking about this fast thinking. Where is the slow thinking? Become one thing. The slow thinking compared to. Well, Vedanta is the slow thinking. Uh -huh. The slow thinking is the intellect, and you got to slow down this process. And how do you do that? That's a good question. Well, you introduce, yeah, karma yoga, but you introduce, uh, you introduce a new cognitive, a new idea into the intellect. And instead of like, instead of like evaluating situations, uh, based upon what you've done before in the past, what do you do? You evaluate situations with reference to the teaching. In other words, you let the teaching tell you how you should react in every in each situation. That's how you you break this bondage, this chakra. It's like you're itching. Somewhere it's itchy and you not scratch directly. You just let it. Leave it going away. It'll go away. Out. Yeah. It's I mean, there's there's obviously there's obviously pain. In resisting your desires, it's obviously painful to resist your desires and your and to to uh, stand up to your fears. It's, it's obviously painful, but it's good pain. 
Tetiksha. Huh? That's the value of Tetiksha. That's the value of Tetiksha. Tetiksha means forbearance. That means, okay, so I want this this thing, and it's tickling me, and it's bothering me, but I'm going to, like, tough it out. Swamiji called them the little pinpricks of life. So life is always just picking you up a little pinprick. But you make a big story out of it. You think the slightest little pain is a great big pain. And so as soon as you get the slightest little desire or slightest little fear, you go and try to satisfy it. And he says, man up, stand up to it for God's sakes. Suffer a little bit. It's good for you. Gives you some character, some strength. Gives you power. You're taking your power back away from this habitual, repetitive, uh, boring samsara, bound, binding samsara chakra. You're releasing some of these these chains, these ropes that are tying you up. You know, I mean, you've been a smoker a long time, and and you take up jogging. Now that hurts. <laughs> jogging hurts. I did, I was a smoker and I took up jogging. Now that when you start running, it really hurts. Now so that so I should stop running because it hurts? Huh? No, I should keep running because it hurts. <laughs> Right? Right? Because sooner or later, when the hurt stops, it means what? That I'm back to normal and my lungs are working properly. That's what it means. So uh, I, I've taken some pain to what? Solve the problem. But we can't do that. This, we're so weak. People are so fucking weak in these societies. It's unbelievable. Uh, more and more and more. You you can't even you can't even if you look funny at somebody, th they sue you or or call the cops or something. He looked at me. Or <laughs> or or like some some people re really get mad when you call them a he or a she. You know, in America, you, you, huh? Have you heard about that? Well, he hasn't got there. It'll get here. Don't worry. <laughs> you guys will be totally. We have our transgender pilots huh? and everything. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but this is about getting rid of your gender identity altogether and choosing to be non-gender. And what are the non-gender people? I forgot what they're called. Reverse. Huh? Reverse. No. It's. No, we have a special term. I. I did, I'm so, so it makes me so sick. I, I, I just repressed the term. That's I heard fine. it, but. <laughs> huh? Pe people, he huh? In England, you say he, she. He, she. I heard. Oh, you say he, she. Yeah. We've got a, an alternative word rather than he, she, because. Um, <laughs> gender neutral. Huh? Gender neutral. Yeah, general, gender neutral. Well, yeah, it was a group of. Of women, one time they were in New York. They were called boy poseurs, and they were women, but they had their breasts removed, or they had they bound their breasts so they were flat, and they dressed like men, usually really classy, like with suits and stuff, and they refused to be called women. And it wasn't that they weren't women, and they were women, and they weren't gays, but they were sick and tired of being put in the woman box. Mm -hmm. Understand? 
They were sickened because when you say she, you know, then all this expectations and prejudices and judgments were coming. And they didn't like those. So they wanted to be addressed in a different way, maybe just by their name. I don't know how I forgot what it was. But I read a whole long article on them in the Atlantic Monthly one time because somebody did an interesting in-depth piece on this phenomenon. You know, I mean, you can understand it. So this, so the idea here is, and every time that I act on the basis of the past, on my conditioning, what do I do? I just dig myself deeper in the hole, in the hole of ignorance built concerning my identity. So Vedanta says, okay, you've got to re-educate your causal body. And that's hard. This is why we say it takes a long time. In the book, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, he said, it's definitely possible to reprogram Ishwara. But it's not easy. So you have to be patient, you have to be consistent, you have to be dedicated, and you have to stick at it. And worse, so what do you do? When something comes out, when a fear or desire comes out, what do you do? You say, do I need that? Or you think it through. You could just dismiss it. You could just say, it's just a fear or desire and get rid of it. I can't be bothered with it. That's hard. But what you get good at, then you do. You don't even bother to think it through. Because, you know, where's that going to lead? What's that going to get me? I'm the self. So why would I bother with that? Just wasted time. You know, because even if I get there, you can think it through. Now, what do you really tell your ego? Sit it down, have a little cup of coffee, tea. Give it a little crumpet, tea. Sit down, little ego, gee. Hey, come on, let's have a little talk. I'll pour you a nice little tea. Here, have a cookie. Good. I'm feeling good now. Let's have a little chat. So whenever your ego wants something, you sit down, you talk to it. You say, well, what do you hope to gain from this? What's your goal? And of course, what does it always turn out to be, the goal? More happiness, right? Because the ego doesn't do anything for suffering, so you know it's not trying to suffer. You know it's going to get happy. It wants happy. It wants more happiness or better happiness or different happiness. But whether it's more, better, or different happiness, it wants more happiness. So you already know what the answer is. And so you say, yeah, that's not a bad idea. I think you will get more happiness from that. I think you will, probably. You don't argue with it right away. You got to be clever with your ego because that ego is the thing that it will fight you. It's a contrary little bastard. And it's always, it's got a chip on its shoulder and it's always looking to say, no, I don't want to. Yes, no, but it's contentious. So you say, yeah, yeah, perhaps I think you will get something, but will that happiness last? Okay, now you got the girl and now you're in love. Okay, what's next? Ask them that. What's next? Okay, 
You've fallen in love. Good, great. We're all for it. Please, fall in love. But now what? Because what? Does falling in love solve any problems? Does that, does that, does your desires stop when you fall in love? Huh? Do they? Well, if they fall, if they stop, then yeah, fall in love. But, oh, great. <laughs> but uh, you don't, you, you don't, desires don't fall, stop when you fall in love. You, 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 you want more of it. And what? And you get a lot of fears right along with it too, don't you? You get a whole raft, and then you tell them, well, well what about all the anxiety? How, 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 how do you like that anxiety? How's that feel to you? They said, the ego said, well, what anxiety are you talking about? Well, the fear of loss. I mean, if she runs away, and she's a good-looking woman, so you, you've seen her. We've been out before. You've been out before, and you've seen her at the parties, how the men are looking at her. <laughs> huh? She, huh? She, huh? She's a babe. You've done good. I mean, it's good that she loves you, but hey, think about it. And you really, I mean, you know, you're getting a little <laughs> paunchy, and you haven't really got the money in the bank. You know that guy that was standing at the table at the party? <laughs> the he's a multimillionaire, and he's fit. <laughs> I noticed he was kind of checking her out, too. Huh? huh? Isn't that right? You haven't solved one problem by getting what you want. You just got a whole bunch of new problems, that's all. Or let's say you get bliss. But it's a lot of trouble to maintain that bliss when your nature is bliss. Huh? Are you getting a bliss that you don't already have? Because if you are bliss then why would you go and try to get bliss? <laughs> huh? If bliss is your nature, then you explain to him what? The joy is not in the object teaching. What's the joy is not in the object teaching? Right? You have to, sometimes you have to think the whole thing through over your stupid ego. Because huh? it's ignorant. It's blinded by what? By its desires. It's deluded by its fears. It keeps imagining that there's a, a, always a solution. And it keeps trudging along from day to day to day, trying to get the same stuff out of the situations that's never produced the happiness uh, so far. 20, 30, 40 years, you keep going round and round and round and round, and you still keep doing more and more of the same old shit. Well, aren't you ready to pack it in and give it up? Remember what he said at the beginning? The spirit of renunciation huh, is a sign of, of emotional and mental security, of love, of, of, of health. Though a person who understands this huh, is happy to let things go and happy to stand up to the desires and stand up to the fears and say, I can do without. Why? Because I'm Already okay. As God made me, I'm okay. And I'm going to stick with the God thing. I'm not going to stick with the world thing. You talk to yourself like that. You know, this is the conversation that you have with yourself. And yet, sometimes you have to say it over and over and over again huh, until your, your 
that little desiring, wanting entity starts to accept it. It will accept. You, ought, huh? you, you point out the zero-sum nature of reality over and over and over again, your ego will eventually accept it. It'll say, yeah, actually, you're right. And then what? And then what? All that energy that's going out there is going to what? Just turn around and go right inside. You'll make real great progress really fast. Ishwar is on your side then. You've got Ishwar on your side because you're what? You're applying and accepting Ishwar's knowledge because this is Ishwar telling you this. Said so this is how it works. This is how it works. So it's up to you. No, Ishwar doesn't make you do it. Ishwar can't make you do it. Because you can always say no to Ishwar. But, but why would you say no to what? To uh, Ishwar's teaching about freedom. Ishwar's got a lot of dumb things to say and cause you a lot of dumb stuff to do. You can say no to that. But the smart stuff that Ishwar is saying, you better learn to what? Respect it and honor it. And follow it. So there's always a choice here. Huh? You, that, that's what free will means. And it's a choice you have to make. It's a commitment that you need to make. Huh? What do I really want? What do I want? Uh, so that's why we... You know, in Vedanta, we have to analyze. Oh, my God, it's almost over. Jeez, time went fast, huh? Uh, yeah. Uh, James, so, so any questions? Uh, questions? Yeah, sure. Um, do you uh, differentiate between Rajas, for example, and Rajaguna? Yeah. And Thomas and, and Tamaguna? Yeah. And uh, where do you apply what... Uh, oh, okay. Uh, what at, 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 at the macrocosmic level, there's no guna. Because okay, there's no jivas. The jivas potential here. Uh, so the, the, these are energies that, and they don't bind, they don't, they're qualities of Ishwara. These are the creative powers. For every, every creative action, every, every created object, has, requires these three powers. It requires a substance, which can't create. It requires knowledge, which can't create. And it requires power that can transform the subject, substance into the created idea. Hmm? Yeah. So you need all three. Matter can't create. Knowledge can't create, but when 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 Rajaguna is there, it gives you the energy, the Shakti, the prana, the vitality huh, that what by which Ishwara can transform the five elements into all these different material powers and processes and elements. Now, so generally. And, and we agree with the scientists on this point. The scientists say that first the world came, the material world, and then the jivas came. Isn't that right? 
they say that that's huh? That first of all, you had to have the whole material world, and then at some point, after billions of years, whatever it was, then life came. That's what they say, and we agree. Now, why? Why do we agree, and why does does their idea and our idea coincide? Because if the jivas, if the jivas have have programs, uh, in other words, jivas have karmas that they need to work out. They need to work them out in a field, don't they? In an environment. And so the environment must be present, and the environment is the five elements, the environment must be present before the jivas can appear and start to work out their karma. Because if they appear here and there's no environment to work it out, they're going to just be totally frustrated. <laughs> huh? Yeah, you know, here I am. I'm ready to work out my karmas. I'm ready to do what I need to do. But there's no world for me to do it in. What should I do? Huh? So Ishwara pro provides the world first, according to the Panchikarna theory, the Panchikarna process. It's a complex process where what? Space divides into air, into, into fire, to air, to water, and to earth. And then though mixes all of these elements together and makes this huge permutation and combination of material forces and, and objects. It's called the Panchikarna. It's a, it's a formula. It's obviously a formula because the whole thing is a formula. This great, this whole picture is a big algorithm in the sattva that contains the knowledge of everything and generates everything that happens and all the objects and, and the relationships between all the objects. That's why you can see up here these three color, co colors, which are what appear at every level of the creation, right on down to the bottom. So we say, as above, so below. Whatever's there in Ishwar is going to appear here. It's not going to look the same here as it is here, but it's going to be the same essential substances up here. So here in this pink thing, huh? The subtle body's made out of what? Uh, uh, the, I'm sorry, in the blue thing, the, the subtle body's made out of sattva. The perceptive organs in the subtle body, which is mind, intellect, and ego, is made out of the sattva. The active organs and the pranas are made out of rajas, obviously. Huh? And what? And the material world is made out of tamas. And matter is a concealing power, isn't it? The fact that you have a body conceals to you, it hides the fact that you're the self, doesn't it? Because you take yourself to be the body. It doesn't actually hide the self, but to you, uh, the self is not seen because you take yourself to be the body. Because the self is enclosed in a material sheath. Enclosed in a big, black, dark, heavy meat tube. This is your meat tube. The subtle bodies, the, the, the active organs and the, the pranas and the active organs all, all evolve from, they evolve from rajas. And all of the perceptive organs, the mind, intellect, and the functions of the subtle body all evolve out of the sattva. 
see the see the colors huh? so so in every object here huh, huh, is nothing but an outpicturing of what of these three forces here but here everything gets becomes manifest and differentiated whereas here it's unknown I mean un, unexperienced it's unseen when we say gocharam tama gocharam, we mean the self is beyond what you can see and what you can't see, what you can infer. Our knowledge of what? Our knowledge of the causal body is inferential because we can't see it with the subtle body. But we, it's as good as seeing it because we can reason, we can infer the existence by looking, by, we can determine that there is a cause by analyzing the effect. Yes. Are those eternal elements? Yeah, or? these are eternal. The whole thing is eternal. Maya is eternal and the self is eternal. The difference between Maya and the self is what? Maya has two phases. Manifest. Yeah, manifest and unmanifest. It has a potential phase and an actual phase. We're in the actual phase of Maya now. But when the universe destroyed, then the universe becomes potential. <clears throat> it's a vasana, a macrocosmic tendency or vasana, and it will what project later on and and remanifest here. Stays like in a seed form. Yeah, it's a seed. Yeah, it's a seed form. Ah. Where will you put the artificial intelligence? Where will you put them? Because there's big talk about artificial intelligence and consciousness. It's just ma just material ideas, just material program. That's all. Artificial intelligence isn't isn't intelligence. It's just it's just matter in the form of X's and O's, bytes. Isn't it? Isn't our computers just X's and O's? Mm -hmm. uh, symbols, material symbols. Uh, that represent uh, certain things, that's all. It, it, matter's never gonna think. <laughs> Matter, I, I don't know how, pe people are so stupid. Actually, they think we're gonna go to Mars and, and <coughs> these rich bastards are telling us, you've ruined the planet, we've, we're building spaceships, let's go to Mars, start the planet over there. <laughs> Uh, people, are, the world is just insane. No, there's no intelligence. Is there's the self isn't intelligent and matter isn't intelligent. Neither one's intelligent. Huh? What? Well, then where do you get intelligence? When Maya appears, the self becomes intelligent. Mm -hmm. Until Maya appears, the self doesn't become intelligent or sentient. When Maya appears, you have what? You have spirit and matter. Then what? Then the intelligent mind. Then then you have the macrocosmic mind. In other words, the mind of God. And the mind in the mind of God, the mind of God is so amazing it can create this whole thing. So any intelligence is a function of spirit and matter. In other words. Awareness illumining matter, either subtle matter or gross matter. 
Subtle matter means the subtle body, thoughts and feelings and intuitions and these sorts of things. And gross matter means meat for humans, meat, or just inanimate objects, stones and so forth and so on. Okay, Narayana, what is it? <laughs> the vasanas are they compare with the sanchita karma and and um, agami and prarapta and agami karma are produced no prarapta uh, agami karma is produced in a settled body. Or no would you well, say it like this? And well, my question is main question the the vasanas are in the in the causal body, but they are produced somehow in the settled body of people. Well the, the no they're the vasanas are eternal but but when you when you're a jiva when you're a jiva that's caught in time, then we explain the vasanas and the karma and the causal and the subtle body uh, to get to get to give the jiva an idea about action and its results and how to get free of them. But a, actually, sanchita karma is just the store of all your past. The memory you can say it's not a memory. It's not a memory like a memory. It's it's a memory like the essence. Okay. Whenever here, here's how it works. Whenever you have an experience, you you uh, the causal body reduces that experience to a to a, a vasana. Now, what does that mean? It discards all of the non-essential information about that experience, and it keeps just the essential information about that experience. That's called a vasana. Huh? Like, say, for sex. Now, you had sex many times. Can you remember what happened in every sexual encounter you had? Exactly? No. No, you can't. But you know what the essence of sex is, don't you? Yeah. Huh? Yes, you do, don't you? Yeah. That means what? All of those sexual experiences are reduced to one feeling, one extremely pleasurable feeling. And that feeling, huh, is called a vasana. And that feeling drives you to what? To act. It, that feeling creates a desire at the at the vasana, at the causal level. It's it's a vasana. It creates a desire, a karma or a fear at the subtle level, and that creates a karma at the ghost level. Vasana, karma, karma, and what? And then what? When you do the karma, what does that karma do? It creates another vasana. And that produces another desire, which produces another action, which produces another vasana, which produces another desire, and action, another Now I've got a huge food vasana, a huge alcohol vasana, a huge sex vasana, a huge music vasana, a huge Vedanta vasana. I got a Vedanta vasana, it's doing me. Look at me. I'm supposed to quit, and I can't quit. You see that? See, the Vedanta's teaching me. I'm, I'm a prisoner of my Vedanta vasana. Oh, Jesus. Let me out of here, Lord, please. And the Lord keeps blabbing, blabbing, blabbing. That, huh? Huh? <laughs> and you guys keep asking more questions. We'll be here to midnight. 
we'll all be Vedanta fanatics and addicts. We'll have to go go to uh, therapy <laughs> to, to get rid of our Vedanta obsession. Vedanta addiction. Our Vedanta addiction. It'd be good to become a Vedanta addict. Definitely. So, okay. so the, whole, the whole point here is that if you want to break that cycle, or this guna-driven cycle, this is where the whole thing started, and er everything here is gunas, then you need to understand what the gunas are, and we're going to soon get to this tomorrow, but what is that? Because each guna... Each one of these energies uh, generates your values. The values that you have are generate are guna generated, and we're going to talk about what values are associated with what energies, and which of those values are useful for what for self-realization, and which of those values are harmful for self-realization. So you can get to work on your mind. You shouldn't start to work on yourself until you hear the whole teaching, until you get the whole blueprint. Once you get the whole teaching, then you've got something to, to structure your sadhana, your work. But just running off to some retreat somewhere where they, where they give you some sort of, I don't know, some sort of technique and tell you that sadhana, well, forget it. Yeah, you'll get a little benefit, and then it'll wear out, and then another problem will come. We, we got the whole picture. <coughs> this is the big picture. This is the whole enchilada. There's nothing more than this. It's all been worked out. It's all laid out, how it moves, how it works, the whole thing. Can you actually believe that you're a doer when you just look at this? Huh? Can, can you where, act? Why, where am I? Yeah, where am I? <laughs> <coughs> You're nothing. Ishwara is everything. God is everything. God's doing the whole freaking thing. Huh? And God got it all figured out. So you might as well understand how God works, what God is, how God thinks, feels, acts, what you can do to get, you know, get out of God's clutches. And, and what? And get on God's good side. Getting up here to Sattva is where we're going. Managing Rajas and Thomas, huh? we've got to take care. Oh, that's what we have to do. We have to manage each of these three gunas with reference to each other to build the kind of subtle body that's capable of inquiry. You know, huh? If your subtle body is not prepared properly for inquiry, you'll, the inquiry will not work. So we need knowledge of Maya. Do they teach Maya in the modern spiritual world? No, they don't. Maya is the key to this whole thing. And they don't teach it. Because they don't know it. And they don't know how it works. They just say, Maya is not real. You're the self. And that's the end of it. So they don't have knowledge. The, 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 what they call non-duality is actually duality masquerading as non-duality. So we have to explain this and how to manage these gunas and prepare your mind for this for this inquiry, which is bhakti yoga, which is you know it's this knowledge of the self to, to understand or know Ishwara. They got to. 
take some more time. So tomorrow we'll uh, look at the values that are associated with the joints. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.